Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech Athletics Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Hey, do, do I sound different? Do I sound better? You sound great as always. Okay. Well, I got new headphones, oh. so I thought that might make me sound better. Does it work Are these on your a, end? Is that how they work? Is that how that works? Uh, you sound great, man. Thank you. It's Are a these a present? Christmas presents? Awesome. Yeah. Not a big deal. The headphones, I'm rocking these over-the-ear headphones. I got them when I first started working at my current job, which was six and a half years ago. Oh, I got you beat. They're still, uh, they're still kicking. I may, um, I may have to update those and whatever. You know, I, I, as I was looking for uh, updates to to headphones recently, Michael was looking into those bone conduction headphones. The what? The bone conduction headphones. That sounds like a very mm-hmm. frightening carnival ride. You haven't heard of these before? No, I have not. Okay, so what they do is they wrap around your ear. Um, like, think of like the old Bluetooth headsets that would kind of like hook onto your ear. Oh, like like Saul Goodman? Yeah. And then, and then like, um, combine that with the old Walkman headphones that went from your ear around the back of your head. Okay. So it's like I had these. A Bluetooth, I had a Motorola set that did that. So imagine a headset, an over-the-ear headphone that wraps around the back of your head, but is missing the over-the-ear headphone piece. And what it does is it sits on the bone right in front of your ear opening and then right behind it and then sends vibrations into your inner ear through your bone. And, and so your ear opening, your outer ear, is left open to the air but you're hearing it through vibrations through the bone in your head into your inner ear. So what is it called? Bone zone? <laughs> bone conduction. Bone conduction. Now, they're not great for audio quality. Like you're not going to be like, you're not going to find audio files rocking these. But it's good for casual listeners and for spoken word. That's mostly what I listen to on my headphones is, or podcasts. Wow. So I thought about getting some of those. Anyways, these are bizarre looking. This looks like something from Starship Troopers or like Halo. I can't even tell you where I was the first time I tried to set. I think I was probably like walking through Best Buy. I was like, what is this? I put it on. I was like, 
like one of those legit surprised and confused like yes how am i hearing this yes <laughs> like well, it looked like it broke like a broken set of headphones i put it on out of curiosity i was like i'm hearing something in my head but there is nothing over my ear how does that work with blocking out okay sorry for all the headphone talk people but how does this how does this work for blocking out the the sounds around you does it block them out uh, it, not in the like, sense of like uh, noise canceling where the, the headphones actually play the, the inverted right. waveform of what you're actually hearing. Uh, but in the sense that like you can turn it up loudly and that like drown everything else out. Yeah. You can still do that. Um, I think part of the, the appeal to some of these headphones is that you can still be aware of your surroundings. You can hear like somebody walk up to right. you or you don't have to continue to like fuss with your headphones. If somebody you want to talk to somebody, or like when, when I when I wear AirPods, like there are times I have to take an AirPod out to give the impression that I'm listening to them, even though I could still perfectly hear them fine without them. Like it's more like I took it out. Now I can hear yes. you better, even though I can hear them just fine. Anyways, the other issue with this is that my, my I don't want to go into too many nasty details. In-ear headphones are just not a, not a long-term solution for my body. Understood. Well, and <laughs> so, a lot of maintenance. There's a lot of maintenance. And the over-the-ear headphones are just so big and bulky. Well, the over-the-ears, the the set that, and my wife got me these. These are fantastic. I'm, I'm loving them. And she was really nervous about it. And I don't blame her. All right, so we're back. The The board, Michael, has some gremlins in it, but... You were talking. You were telling us about your brand new headphones. After we yeah. talked at length about bone conduction headphones, but yes, uh, well, these are these are not the the bone conduction. They are good old fashioned over the ear headphones, and I asked for them for Christmas because I didn't know what to get either. And so my that's why I asked my wife to do it because I thought, oh, she'll pick out something great, and then naturally she fretted over it because. Sometimes I can be picky about stuff like that, but I truly, in this in this sense, I just thought I want something that's wired. It goes over the ears. That's all I want. She got me something. It's fantastic. I don't even know the brand, but I'm really enjoying them. And they replace some Philips that I bought that are probably 15 years old. Oh wow! And they they still work great, but they started falling apart. You know the the little Whatever this stuff is, yeah, the Princess Leia stuff that goes over your ears. Sure, that stuff started just kind of disintegrating and falling off. So that was the main reason to replace it. So um, I was hoping I would sound better, but I probably sound the same. Yeah, the uh, earmuff part on these I was just looking at my six year old. They're um, they're starting to crack. Yeah. So anyway, probably that West Texas man. They're not West Texas tough. No. All right, let's uh let's jump into this episode because one, Michael, we've got we, we got a football game to talk about. Um mm. the bowl game this week. We're recording on Monday, a day early. Michael's actually traveling to the bowl game. That's awesome. Um, which we'll, we'll talk about, but we've got the bowl game to pre- preview, uh, a few roster updates, um, go through the points of the game, give you our, our full Ole Miss preview, prediction, projections, all those kind of things. 
maybe touch on some basketball um, and then wrap up with uh, with what we learned. We've got a quite a bit notated out in the what did we learn section segment. So stay tuned. Stay, stay for all of that. Um, but before you stay get to focused, play, stay frosty. Stay, yeah, do do stay focused. We need to, to keep our attention on Ole Miss. Uh, before we jump into football, though, Michael, we need to let everybody know that this episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is the newly created internet community that brings you the intersection of sports and not sports, much like your favorite Texas Tech podcast, the 23 Personnel Podcast. Check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open up Instagram and type in at sportsdrink. On Instagram, that is spelled like sportsdrink but without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Also, maybe new ad reads coming soon. Maybe hey. an exciting uh, uh, announcement to be made in the coming future. Coming soon. We shall see. Okay. A lot happening in 2023. I've got uh, you turn do not disturb on. I'm now on my phone. That's that's awesome. Um, where this is this is fantastic. you getting some texts? No, I got a um, I got a Twitter notification because our our man Joy McGuire tweeted something, but that reminded me that he's. Not the only notification my phone might get in the next hour, hour and a half. So, all right. With that, finally, let's jump into football. Okay, I'm ready. Chuck keeps himself. Made two guys miss. Touchdown! Two now the end zone. Picked off. And it's picked off. Pick six. Jeffers. Able to escape and that picked off back to back turnovers and water one of the other way down the sideline. Touchdown! Pick six, 70 yards. Marquise Waters play fake, finds Tharp again, and he's in the end zone for his first collegiate touchdown. The deep ball down the middle, it's caught. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Miles Price, 39 yards for the score. Picked off at the 20-yard line. Smith to throw again. Has a man downfield. And Texas Tech finds the end zone. It's McLean Mannix. Brooks through the left side to the five. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Smith. Find a little time. Throwing to the back of the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Tied at 38. Three seconds to go. 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into it. It may be long enough. It is good. It is good. Sorry, Michael. Did not mean to cut you off and hit the music early, but uh, it's excited, man. Excited about some football. No, understandable. I mean, it's it's been a while. We've we've gotten to watch some really mediocre bowl games, some pretty rough NFL games. I think we're we're kind of ready, kind of ready for some some football we can football we can you you can believe in. 
Hey, speaking of rough football games, do you watch any of the Cowboys game on Christmas Eve? I I did not. Yeah, I was a. Uh, I don't know. It's because I'm I'm I just haven't been paying a lot of attention. When Hertz went out, I was like, oh, Cowboys got this, and it took. Like the last couple of minutes of the fourth quarter and a couple of really bad turnovers by the Eagles to set the Cowboys up to win that game. So, hey, you also said mediocre bowl games. Uh, our, uh, I wouldn't say our friends, but our Big 12 compatriots, Baylor, we talked about uh, how lousy of a draw their bowl game was. It's compounded. By the weather, Michael. That was the day that the uh, Siberian cold front blew in, and they played. It had a name, wasn't it? Like Elliot or something. Something wild. Yeah, they uh, Elliot. <laughs> they had to play that game outdoors. Uh, I think <laughs> I think the the wind wind chill as that game was was getting going was like five or six degrees. Anyways, Baylor lost, and they got embarrassed by old Air Force, thirty to fifteen. Um, Again, I would, I, I think Michael and I would both be on board if this, at least just this one, um, service academy just dropped the triple option completely and went like as hard into the air raid as possible. Like, oh yeah, sixty passes a game, seventy. Don't even yeah, don't don't even run the ball. Uh, five no, wide. Don't all, all don't game. even punt the ball. Yeah. Uh, and then our new Big 12, uh, Houston Cougars, took on Louisiana in the Independence Bowl. And they won that game by a touchdown. But that score, 23-16, to 16, without watching a single down of that game, Michael, yikes. Well, and Houston was down. I think it was 13-0. So the Raging Cajuns got out to a 13-0 lead. And... Houston just kind of took over later, but yeah, I'm the same way. I didn't watch any of it either. I kind of kept up with it on my app. We were doing some last minute stuff, getting ready for, I, I am almost embarrassed at how little bowl football I've watched this year. It's still next to nothing. We got games until Wednesday. Yeah. We got games coming on tomorrow. Uh, Oklahoma state, Wisconsin between two teams that, I mean, who knows what, what kind of game, teams are uh will be participating in that game because wisconsin uh replacing a, a coaching staff oklahoma state maybe should be replacing a coaching staff uh i mean is yeah, spencer maybe. sanders playing for them i doubt it i think uh gundy's gonna be their quarterback but anyways um so tuesday oklahoma state wisconsin wednesday duke ucf arkansas kansas Obviously, Texas Tech Ole Miss on Wednesday. Thursday, the Cheez It Bowl, Florida State OU. That they can suck it. Also, Alamo Bowl that night, Washington, Texas, and then Saturday are the uh, playoffs and New Year's Six, where you get TCU, Michigan, and Alabama, Kansas State. Did you see the most unfortunate news for our our purple brethren to the north? That Alabama will be at absolutely full strength. Oh, no, I did not. I don't. So no one's going to the portal. No one's hurt. No one's going to the NFL. No one's sitting out. No one's sitting out of the game. Well, and we're in the same boat. 
uh, your, your Texas Tech Red Raiders, not to jump too far ahead. Well, you've got, you've got two. Facing. Okay, sure. Yeah, we, we're, we're facing a team that uh, will also be as close to full strength as like any other game throughout the, throughout the season. Um, I didn't, I didn't see anybody that would be missing due to health though. Michael, that, that, that may change. Uh, it may come out later or closer to the game that some guys will be sitting out like you saw last year in the bowl game against Mississippi state. We found out like they basically had to replace their entire offensive line. Um, and then for Texas tech, you're, you're missing, you will be missing, um, well, I mean, it d- depends on 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 how you uh, categorize their their contribution. But Reggie Pearson hit the portal and has committed. So yeah, he's gone. Uh, Philip Bleedy would be a, a a good guy to have at least on the team on the sideline if he's not going to be able to play. But uh, you had three more offensive linemen hit the portal with since the last time we talked. But I. I think only one of them has played snaps for you. One, uh, Michael Shanahan, Larry Moore, and then Ethan Card. I think Card was the only one that's actually played for Texas Tech. Um, other than that, I mean, you're uh, going in about as full strength as you were at the end of the season. Trey Wolf will still play the bowl game. Uh, Tyree Wilson is out. Um Sir Roger Thompson, I've heard, is still playing in the game. I was wondering that. I mean, I knew that he was he was declaring that he was going to go pro, or you know, obviously he's he's done. But I didn't know if he was going to play or not. And then, you know, if you if you mentioned it already, sorry, but Smith is going to be a pretty big missing piece, especially once we get to our kind of red zone discussion later, because I think a lot of this game boils down to red zone offense and defense. And with Smith missing, that's a pretty key component. Yeah. And, and, and maybe, maybe that just, uh, I mean, without the option of having Donovan Smith, that clears up the quarterback rotation and utilization, right? You don't get like, Hey, we're going to put him in for a play here, or he's going to take third and fourth down, attempts and then we're going to try to sub them out or whatever. Like it's a lot more clear cut, at least in my mind. Uh, I hate that he's going to Houston. Um, wish him and Holgerson the worst of success, the worst of the failures. <laughs> um, because you're transferring in conference, same to Reggie Pearson, uh, who I like to point out to our Sooner fans. Uh, you, because one of them was trying to like, I, I saw several of them. Excuse me, I saw several Sooner fans on on Twitter talking about how this is how it's supposed to be that uh, the 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 best in the conference will just poach whoever they want and the, and they'll take teams' best players. And I was like, you know that Pearson wasn't even a starter for Tech, right? And that he graded out as one of the lowest pass defenders as a safety in the conference. But sure, go ahead and flex. That's that's cool. You took a non-starter from Texas Tech who beat you uh, and wasn't even that good at his position. So, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably taking a little bit more of a harsh shot at, at, at Pearson, but I'm also really just going after OU there. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. 
Uh, speaking of transferring, we did hear the commitment transfer for offensive lineman Rusty Stats. What a what a fantastic name. Uh, coming in from Western Kentucky, he will have one season of eligibility remaining. He's a 6'4", 310 center. Uh, expect, expected to, at the very least, compete for that starting role in 2023, if not just outright take it. Uh, and with that, we'd expect a bump in your current center, Dennis Wilburn, out to guard. Uh, Stats was a two-year starter for Western Kentucky. This past year was all-conference USA center, was on the Remington Award watch list, only allowed one sack and 562 pass block snaps, and not allowed a quarterback pressure in seven of the 12 games that they played in. When I saw this tweet, because uh, it was before their bowl game in 2022, he is rated as the 10th best graded center in pass protection. Uh, and then I believe it was Don Williams asked a question, but he at least tweeted about it that uh, McGuire was asked about what the, as of like this week, what the offensive line looks like for 2023. And he said, left tackle Monroe, Monroe Mills, left guard Cole Spencer, who was the other offensive line transfer from Western Kentucky that sat out this year due to injury, stats at center, Wilburn at right guard, and then Caleb Rogers at right tackle. So uh, that offensive line sounds pretty pretty good to me, Michael. Yeah, de- a definite improvement and kind of welcome to, to see these guys uh, – you know, make a statement and, and get into those positions. Yeah. All right. Uh, no other roster updates outside of the signing day, which was you signed everybody that you were expecting to sign. Uh, there weren't any surprises, good or bad. And there are, I think there were two guys that did not sign from your commitment list uh, that Texas Tech knew about. Um, one may sign in the spring. One I think is being dropped for lack of a better word. I think there were some off the field issues this fall that kind of um, has caused the team to look elsewhere. And Mm. then it hasn't been officially announced anywhere. uh, But if you pay attention to the recruiting people on staff, uh, there is an assistant on the recruiting staff that will tweet out a GIF of a lookalike or sound alike from the professional ranks of a player that commits, there was a, this person tweeted out a gif of Draymond Green, Michael, this past weekend. Uh, This is following Texas Tech hosting a wide receiver transfer target in Dre McRae, who I think, if I'm putting the pieces together properly, that's who may have committed. This was the big time speedy receiver from Austin P but no, not official. I have not seen that anywhere. I have not, I'm not like scooping a paywall here. I'm just going off of, he tweeted out a gif of Draymond Green after the offensive staff said that Christmas came early and they got a big time speed addition to the roster. So. Okay. Reading the tea leaves, the, the, the gif leaves. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's talk, let's talk Ole Miss. Um, Wednesday night, 8 p.m., late kickoff. Texas Tech is, or at least currently, a three-and-a-half point dog. It opened at four, settled at three-and-a-half, so it's hasn't moved a whole ton, or at least hasn't yeah. moved a lot since, or the variance from the from when it opened to now. I mean, it, it could have gone 
Texas Tech plus five, plus six, but it's currently just a half point away from where it opened. Over under at 70, which feels like a ton of points. Um, I don't know how I feel if the game gets up into the 70s in terms of like total points, but then, uh, you know, contrast that to Texas Tech, Oklahoma this past, the last game was, you know, 99 points. So, you know, it's possible. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ole Miss finished eight and four, four and four in the SEC, third in the SEC West. Uh, Michael, they um they had a little Cliff Kingsbury in them. Started off seven and zero oh this season, but went one and four over their last five. That's not exactly how Kingsbury did it, but um, yes, but because but because they are in the SEC, they're still ranked in the top twenty. Yeah, they're even um, though they finished on a on a one in four skid. Yeah, it looks like they they were ranked the entire season. They started off twenty yes. first. Uh, they beat Troy, got to twenty second. Uh, beat Central Arkansas, got up to twentieth. Beat Georgia Tech, jumped up to sixteenth versus Tulsa. Beat them. Played, you know, probably their best win of the season. Uh, hosted number seven Kentucky as they were 14th and they beat them by three. They jumped up to ninth in the poll. Demolished Vanderbilt, did not move. Beat Auburn by a couple of scores. Moved up to seventh. Then got absolutely drubbed by the LSU Tigers. 45 to 20. Dropped down to only 15th. They lost a game. By three and a half scores. Well, it was in it was in Death Valley, and it was an SEC game, Spencer. You wouldn't understand. But LSU was unranked. Uh, well, it's still LSU. It's a big brand. It's a brand. They've got a lot of talent. Uh, Brian Kelly likes gumbo. All that good. All that good stuff. Bounce back on the road at A and M. They beat them by three, so they go from fifteenth in the polls to eleventh. They jumped four spots after beating a terrible. There's my phone again. A terrible AM team um, well they weren't that terrible then spencer and you know it was a full raucous crowd at kyle you know there were three million people there it three-point game tough tough road win tough environment and then all of the uh all of the the respect to alabama they lost a very close like very close to a top 10 matchup number nine alabama number 11 Ole Miss lost by a touchdown uh, and did not move in the polls. Stayed 11. Um, then they got absolutely drilled by Arkansas and dropped three spots. So from 11th to 14th, then lost by two uh, versus Mississippi State on Thanksgiving and has since settled at 20th. So if that SEC yeah. bias is means anything anyway so they finished one and four their last five lsu they lost lsu beat alabama sorry nope lost lsu beat a&m then lost to alabama arkansas mississippi state in that five game span michael they were scoring 25 points a game and giving up 34 and they dropped seven spots in the rankings (laughs) having a negative 10 point spread or point differential. I mean, my goodness, if the uh, AP voters don't just love them some SEC. Um, 
you mentioned it. They will. They have some draft eligible guys. They are expecting them to be participating and playing in the game. Um, they have what looks like an absolute ton of guys in the portal, but when you drill down a little bit, uh, yeah, there's like just a handful of snaps between like the thirty guys on the list <laughs> on the portal. Yeah, so they're 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 turning to some guys, um, which happens everywhere. They're not losing uh, key contributors at least to the portal. So. Uh, they are they are on the receiving end on some good uh, transfers, but that won't matter for this game. They're getting a a, f- a former five star wide receiver from A and M. They got a good guy from, unfortunately, Louisiana Tech from Sonny Cumbie. Um, anyways, offensively, Lane Kiffin, head coach, de facto offensive coordinator. Michael, would you say that? Yeah, there's a guy on the staff listed as co offensive coordinator, and I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm not even gonna remember his name they are uh, i don't think it's really i'm sure maybe he just bounces ideas off kiffin because i think levy was a true oc yeah and he's oh wasn't he the yeah wasn't he the oc and then now the the guy they have on staff there's no oc on staff it's just a there's a co-offensive coordinator or two i would be kind of floating around i'm like okay if i was the only co-oc i'd be a little pissed there's only one of me, but I'm a co. <laughs> um, anyways, the Rebel offense, we talked about a little uh, before, but they are ranked 19th in S&P Plus. Uh, the team overall is 14th, whereas Texas Tech is 41st overall and 87th in defense. The 19th rated offense versus the 87th rated defense. They throw the ball about 29 to 30 times a game, but run it for 48 to 50 times a game. They are going to pound the rock. This is a team that on the year finished third in total rushing yards behind only service academies, Army and Air Force, wasn't it? Yeah, it will. And I couldn't believe how, with how much they rushed the ball, how many yards per carry these guys are still averaging. We were talking 12 games into the season and you're about to hear their two remaining running backs are averaging pretty much six yards per carry. Both of them. Goodness. The, the team, Michael, for anybody that rushes, including sacks in the quarterback, the team is averaging five and a half yards per carry. Offensively. Well, Dart's no slouch on carrying the ball. Let's start there. Let's start with uh, quarterback Jackson Dart. As a sophomore, where's number two, 6'2", 220 guy. On the year, he's completing 63% of his passes, 201 for 321 for 2,600 yards, 8.1 yards per attempt, 18 touchdowns to eight interceptions. So not a great touchdown to interception ratio, especially when you consider they don't throw the ball that much. Well, comparatively, let's just say that. Comparatively, they don't throw the ball that much. Eight interceptions is quite is quite a bit too high. On the year, he's run run 117 times for 666 yards for 4.7 yards per carry. Has not scored on the ground. Averages close to 50 yards rushing per game, 46. But on the ground, they are led by freshman running back number four, Quinshawn Judkins, just an absolute beast. 5'11", 210. He's carried the ball 251 times on the season, which is just a monstrous number. Um for 1,476 yards, 5.9 yards per carry, 16 touchdowns. He's added 13 catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown through the air. 
when Judkins needs a breath, Michael, they turn to former TC running back, number six, Zach Evans, six foot two, fifteen running back. This year he's run 136 times for 900 yards, 6.6 yards per carry, adding eight more touchdowns, eight catches through the air, 93 yards, and another touchdown. When they do throw the ball, yeah, they just. Uh- yeah, they just about have 2,000-yard-plus rushers. And I can't believe Judkins is a freshman. The kid's incredible. Yeah, well, then, I mean, Dart has almost 700 yards himself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, triple threat there. Um, when they do throw the ball, it, they're looking at a couple of their senior wide receivers, uh, one being number eight, Malik Heath, 6'3", 215, big outside guy, 52 catches, 834 yards, 16 yards per catch and four touchdowns. If it's not Heath, it's number one, Jonathan Mingo, 6'2", 225, 48 catches on the year, so only four catches separate those two, 808 yards, almost 17 yards per catch and five touchdowns. So this is one of those teams that like, will just grind you with a really good running attack. And then when you're like, this is getting old, I need to, I need to devote more guys into the box. Uh, they've got guys that can, you know, beat you deep and get behind you. Cause these guys, I mean, 52 and 48 catches there. I mean, that's a hundred catches between them, 1600 yards and nine touchdowns. To their, yeah. Their well, and there's, and rightfully so there's been quite a bit said about how fast this offense operates, but, you know, in, in terms of the metric I looked up was just the number of plays. Uh, I think they've run 917 plays on the year and Texas Tech's run almost 100 more than that. So it's it's a pace that definitely is something worth paying attention to, but it's not something that this scout defense or just the defenses in general probably have not been exposed to uh facing Texas Tech in practice. And I know that's just practice. We're talking practice, but uh, it's because of the rushing attack, I'd imagine that does, they're not able to get quite as many plays off as, um, you know, kind of a more traditional air threat. But yeah, these numbers kind of surprised me a little bit, you know, going through here, updating some things. They're built a lot like this year's OU team. It's, it's, It's pretty similar some wide receivers that can, when they do get the ball, they tend to have a first down, you know, that they're not just catching five or six yard outs or something. They're, they're moving and darts getting them, uh, getting it to them. But yeah, this, this duo of running backs plus dart and what he's able to do with his feet, it's going to be a big test for this defense. Yeah. Um, and I would, I would, maybe push back a little bit when you talk about the, the offense has seen this like in the volume of plays. Yeah. But uh, I mean, when you're running that many plays, but they're all running plays, I mean that that's going to, yeah. I, 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 at least I think would be maybe a little more physically demanding uh, against the team, but we'll see uh, because when they have the ball, we'll get to that in just a second. Defensively really quick. They are led co-defensive corners, Maurice Crum, Chris Partridge. They are 42nd in S&P plus defense going up against the number 21 Texas Tech S&P plus offense. So as good as your offense is, theirs is two spots better, at least according to S&P plus. Uh, 
and they are 42nd defense to your 87th. They are led in tackles by senior linebacker Troy Brown, 6'1", 220, with 91 total tackles, 42 solo, half a sack, and one forced fumble. But, Michael, I think the big point we were going to talk about tonight, we mentioned it uh, briefly last time we've talked about it, or you've tweeted about it, red zone, man. For as good as their offense is, and like even as as I would say decent because they're 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 better than than half uh, in terms of defense. As good as both of their units are, when the ball is in the red zone, things just don't go their way. I don't. It, it's so weird to think about. But when Ole Miss has the ball offensively, they are 99th in the country in converting red zone opportunities into points at just. Uh, just under 80%.797 on the year. They've got 59 attempts in the red zone. They've got 26 rushing touchdowns, 12 passing touchdowns and nine field goals on the flip side of that, Michael, for the, just to compare the Texas tech offense, who is eighth in the country in converting points or red zone opportunities into points with 50 attempts, Almost identical numbers, though. 23 rushing touchdowns, 12 passing touchdowns, 11 field goals. But with nine fewer attempts, that percentage jumps way up to 92%. Um, yeah. I mean, how, how does how does a team, mathematically, how does a an offense put out this many points and, uh, you know, have this type of success and so many other metrics, but then struggle in the red zone? Are they just... It's coming Having from big the red chunk zone, plays. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I mean, I it's assume. just that. Is it just that simple? <laughs> if you could keep them from beating you with the chunk plays, I mean, it looks like once they get close, they just can't can't finish off the drive. Um, so we talked about the Ole Miss offense, 9th in the country. The Texas Tech defense is ninth in the country and keeping teams from converting red zone opportunities into points. Fifty three attempts, only fourteen rushing touchdowns nine passing touchdowns and 16 field goals for a uh, just under 74% clip there. So uh, a really, I mean, you know, 99th offense versus ninth defense in terms of red zone efficiency. Uh, That's a pretty big advantage for Texas Tech. Defensively for Ole Miss, they are even worse. Somehow they are 121st in red zone defense. In 44 attempts, they've given up 13 rushing touchdowns, 17 passing touchdowns, and 10 field goals for a clip at 91%. So the Texas Tech offense scores 92%. The Ole Miss defense allows teams to score at 91%. Uh, The Ole Miss offense scores at just under 80%. The Texas Tech defense allows teams to score just under 74%. So... The red zone efficiency in this game, I think, could be a huge factor, uh, as well as turnovers, Michael. Ooh, yeah. Turnovers. <laughs> they are plus one on the season, so they've they've turned the ball over one fewer times than they've forced a turnover, if that makes sense, if I said that right. Um, but that plus one margin on the season is tied for 61st in the country. They've thrown nine interceptions, lost seven fumbles, and then their defense has caught seven interceptions but recovered ten fumbles. That ten fumble recovery is huge because um, with that many of their turnovers coming on the fumble, to me, because the fumble is just so in unpredictable, uh, that just doesn't seem like something you can 
rely on. Right. Texas, it, but they have taken care of the ball pretty well on yeah, offense. Yep. On the flip side, to have a, a positive in the margin, you got to be doing pretty well offensively. Texas Tech, however, is minus nine on the season. Uh, good for 121st in the country. They've thrown 17 interceptions and lost six fumbles. Uh, defensively, they've caught seven interceptions and recovered seven fumbles. So, red zone comparison, you've got a pretty good advantage over Ole Miss. Turnover margin, they've got a, you know, 10 turnover, 10 turnovers over the season uh, margin on you. Offensively, when Texas Tech has the ball, uh, we are, we're well aware, but they throw for 307 yards per game at seven yards per attempt, run for 153 more yards at 3.8 yards per carry, convert nearly 42% of third and fourth down attempts, and score 33.6 points per game, whereas Ole Miss is allowing teams to throw 218 yards per game, 6.7 yards per attempt. Uh, their rush defense is bad, Michael. 162 yards per game, four yards per carry they do not get teams off the off the field on fourth down third and fourth down they allow teams to convert nearly or just over 39 percent um but they do uh keep points low lower 24.2 points per game surrendered um when the rebels have the ball they throw for 230 yards per game at eight yards per attempt they run for another 262 yards per game at 5.5 yards per carry they are really really good at converting third and fourth down uh, if my math is correct 48 and a half percent there and they score 34.2 points per game um again it's just a, it just nothing else makes sense like or the 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 red zone stuff just doesn't make sense when their offense is so good. If if you can pick up five and a half yards per carry and you convert almost fifty percent of your third and fourth down conversion attempts, why aren't you scoring more points in the red zone? Anyways, yeah. It's just uh, it's weird. Uh defensively, Tex Tech is allowing teams to throw two hundred and forty eight yards per game at seven point eight yards per attempt giving up 166 rushing yards at 4.2 yards per carry. So that's pretty identical to the, the Rebels defense there. Um, also allowing teams to convert 38.3% of third and fourth down attempts and giving up 29.5 points per game. So having said all that, Michael, advantages here for Texas Tech, advantages there for Ole Miss. The over-under set at 70, Texas Tech at plus 3.5 points, three and a half points. How do you see this game going? Uh, is this is this a game where almost didn't want to be here, doesn't want to be here? Um, are they missing somebody key that comes up? Do they have a, an injury go down? Is there weird fluke fumbles? Do they drive all over the field but can't convert into points? How's this game go, Michael? I'm hoping that's what happens. I mean, I, I hope they get stuck into in the red zone and just you don't have to settle for field goals or turn it over on downs or, or whatever but uh i'm gonna take i just think this and, and maybe it's because i'm going and i want it to be kind of crazy even though that's kind of um, an insane thing to say i'm taking the over first of all just throwing that out there uh you know i feel like if arkansas scored 42 on this team i think tech has a chance to to do something similar 
Um, you know, Ole Miss, I'm not going to, I, I'm going to go the opposite and think that they have something left to prove. They have something left that they need to, um, they need to show that the, the season didn't end on that one in five skid, you know, that they need to show something positive. I think that's probably, that could be what's motivating some of these players to stick around rather than go ahead and start training for the combine. Um, so I'm, I'm going to read into it that way. I have no insight behind that aside from um, th- this kind of reminds me of like you mentioned it already. 2012 Kingsbury start off seven Oh go. Oh, and five kick tail in the holiday bowl um, that I could kind of see this type of team emerging from uh, Ole Miss. And so I, I'm going to, say that both teams quote unquote want to be there. I, th- I know that tech's fired up. They're ready to play. McGuire's going to have them ready. Uh, and I'm just going to assume the same with Ole Miss. So I'm, I'm not going to go any- down those roads, but I've, I'm, I'm concerned about this rushing attack. Um, I, it, it's going to be hard to, to stop them. And I do think they will get those, those big plays. I, I think those receivers may come up with some, some uh, long plays, you know, Heath or Mingo might break off for a couple of, of touchdowns, 30 plus yards, maybe longer. Uh, some of these running backs, these guys can break for 30 plus yards just on a whim. Um, you know, Dart's only done that once or twice, but he's he's capable of doing it as well. So I'm not going to throw our defense under the bus, but I think this is a highly ranked offense for a reason and they have the the guys to to show they can do it but i'm just going to i'm just willing a win spencer i want tech to win so i'm just going to say they're going to win okay. and i'm going to say they're going to win something crazy like 41 to 35 okay just just something just something out there sure where are you at man where are you at on this wildness I don't like the offense, the, the Ole Miss offense. I don't like that matchup. I think it's going to be bad. I think it could be very bad. Um, because I was looking oh, they, at- and their defensive line too. My goodness, or I'm sorry, I said the wrong thing. Their offensive line, and you know we don't have Wilson, and that offensive line. If you're if you've got a 1500 yard rusher, you've got a damn good offensive line. Yeah. and so we're missing our top 10 draft pick, possibly top five draft pick, depending on who you look at to, to help kind of mitigate that up front. Yeah. Uh, defensively they are, um, well, sorry. I don't know how, how this, the status ranked on, on the sacks because it's giving a, a offense rank. For sacks for Ole Miss at twenty second. Now, granted, they don't throw a ton of attempts. So they don't throw throw for a ton of attempts. I don't know if this is uh, on a per attempt basis or just number of sacks given up. But they're twenty second in the country in sacks. Um, on the flip side, uh, they are twenty seventh for defense on getting sacks. Where Texas Tech is one hundred thirteenth on sacks allowed. Um, so I I just. I want to see a lot of points because I think if, if, if you're getting, well, I want to see a closer game with a lot of points. I don't want to see a lot of points from 
just one team um, because that's that comes just to be a more entertaining game. Um, ultimately, like I, I've, I, I don't know if this is a, a coping strategy, but I've, I've taken a stance of like win or lose. Like the 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 valuable bowl game is is going to be behind you before you even kick off. Right, you've got all all of the uh, all the extra practices, all the time with the team. Um, yeah, you do get one more game, but with the signing day, uh, you don't need that extra game to, to prove anything to recruits. Um, it really does make it more of a, like an exhibition for the bowl game because you're not in the playoff. You're not in new year six, uh, and signing day was last week. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I want to see a lot of points, uh, 70 over under 70, I think is, is high, but. I mean, man, if, if if you're getting like, like you know, your 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 score is hitting the over forty one thirty five. Give me something like a, I don't know, like even higher than that. Let's go like forty five forty one. Just okay just points. Just give me the points, man. Just let's go. Let's hit the over. Let's have a, a fun time. Um, if Texas Tech ends up losing this game, I mean, it'll it'll be frustrating in the moment. Uh, I mean, there'll be a lot of people mad and upset about it, but ultimately, really, it doesn't matter, right? Like I said, the the benefits will have already been, uh, you know, realized with all the extra practice, all the time together as a team. So, just give me a lot of points and a fun game. Yeah, well, and let's say this too: McGuire's gotten a lot of things that Tech hasn't had in a long time. You know, the best recruiting class since 2011. First time to beat UTOU ever. You know, I'm, I'm just rattling off the ones that everybody's been saying the last month. Uh, first winning conference uh, record. Yeah. Man, I couldn't think of the word. First winning conference record since 09, I guess, or was it 08? So let's go ahead and go with first eight win season in a long, long time. Let's just go ahead and throw that in there too. 10 years? Yeah. Yeah, it was 2012. I think that was it. Good times. Yep. All right. Um, at least one of us will be back for a post-game breakdown. Michael may be, uh, like, because he, he'll be at the game. He may be unable to, to to join us, join me. I mean, I'll do it regardless because it's fun. Yeah, well, if you, see a, if you see a guy in Section 124 wearing a 23-personnel cap, Come talk to me. Come say hello. Yeah. Hey, speaking of our uh, of saying hello, are you going to the the pregame festivities? I will not oh. because I will be roll. I will be rolling in hot. It's We're staying up. with some friends. Staying with some friends in Cyprus, and um, I'm bringing our five year old with us. But we're gonna. She's gonna stay with our friend in Cyprus. She's not gonna come to an eight o'clock kickoff in Houston after a full day of travel. I think that would just be bad for everybody. And she's kind of been under the weather lately too. So hopefully she's bouncing back. But anyway, so dropping her off with friends and Cyprus, then heading to the game. Um, then going to stay in Cyprus for the next couple of days, try to hit up NASA, go to a couple other things, kind of make a, a week of it. And I am the most excited out of my entire family going to NASA. Um, 
I mean, I, I think my five-year-old's going to enjoy seeing rockets and stuff. It's going to be cool, but they're big, man. But yeah, not, yeah, not quite the same level as dear old dad over here. Yeah, I, I've I've been to Houston at least according to my memory once, and we went down to NASA and then came right back, uh, and it was a blast. Um, oh, a blast there. Hey, <laughs> oh, oh, hey. that's a good one. Hey, um. Let's uh let's jump into basketball. Let's, let's let's do that real quick, and then uh, we'll wrap up with what we learned. Okay. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Oh! And he's stuck back by the freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top of Coleman. Get a crowd stripped by Owens. Ready on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Culver. Crossover and the lob to Owens. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready, double into two. Guards who puts it down. Already. Odiasi crowbars it in. Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good. Culver got the separation. All right, Texas Tech coming off of a huge victory over Houston Christian, expected as such because they were, according to Hazometrics, the 351st worst team in the country, or however you want to say that. They were 3-10, and 10, or they, they are 3-10 and 10, uh, following this game, but Texas Tech defeats them 111-67. to 67. This is your second straight 100-point game, and the... It was like a top 10 scoring game for Texas Tech, uh, like all time. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah, you had two uh, Red Raiders score 22 points, Davion Harmon, Kevin O'Banner, uh, and then you had two more in double figures. Uh, Daniel Bacho did come back and, and, and play. Uh, he had 12 points, and Jalen Tyson had 11 points. Uh, nobody played more than 29 minutes, which was Pop Isaacs. Uh, he only had six points on the night. Robert Jennings, the other starter, uh, had eight, but you had some some production from the bench all up and down. Kerwin Walton gave you eight points in 11 minutes. Lamar Washington, seven points. K.J. Allen, six. Elijah Fisher, five. Demarion Williams, two. C.J. Williams, two. Um, you shot 62%. 62.5% from the field. You were 40 of 64 on the night, the afternoon. Um, you shot 41% from three, and you took 28 free throws, and you connected on 22 of them, good for 78%. While holding them, uh, you know, a team that sh shoots a lot of threes, uh, volume jump shoot, jump shot shooting team, to 36% from the field, 37.5% from three. They were 9 of 24, uh, and they took 26 free throws, hit 14. So good for 54%. Um, as I mean, as good as a first half as it was when you were up, you know, 49-28 at the break, 
You had an even better second half. You put 62 points on them in the second half. Um, I mean, it was just dominant start to finish. Yeah, not a not a whole lot to learn from this one aside from it was good to see Baccio back even though he wasn't able to start. But like you mentioned, got in there for 22 minutes. Uh, you know, Tech forced 24 turnovers off Houston Christian. I think they had quite a few points off those turnovers. They had 35, you know, good production from the bench, 42 points. Of course, Bacho was 12 of that since he's technically off the bench in that game. Uh, just, it was, it was fine. It, you know, according to Haslametrics, Houston Christian is the number 351 team in the country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Haslam had tech projected to win 87 to 56. So it was going to be a 30, point kind of game anyway um but it turned into be a little bit more than that and i i i'm worried i'm still worried yeah that's fine to be still worried like just, just because you scored 100 points against two really bad teams doesn't mean like the concerns we had a couple weeks ago were gone well, no, and, and you and, and looking at the metrics, Tech's barely shifted at all. They have barely moved the needle. You know, in, in Kim Palm, the opposing defense dropped from 312 to 346 these last couple games. Uh, so, sure, yeah. I mean, if, if you're facing the 346th opposing defense on your schedule, you should be 9-2. and two, You should be 11-0, and 0, really. But you should be nine and two, and yeah, you should get over a hundred points a game here and there, even if your offense is is quote unquote only fifty fourth. So the, yeah, the metrics just really even after these last two games, they've hardly budged on defense or offense. They're really not giving you much love, and I think that's justified based on the quality of the opponent. And I'm not trying to just rake Houston Christian over the coals here or Jackson State or anything like that. Uh, you know, programs are on different levels and they've got work to do just like tech does, but tech's about to face another one with South Carolina state coming to town. They're 340 based on Haslam metrics. Uh, this is supposed to be another, you know, it's a 28 point victory according to the score prediction, but you know, South Carolina state is two and 12 on the season. You know, their, their only win was against East Carolina. Somehow they beat East Carolina on the road by five. And then they beat Samford at home by one. So not a, not a good uh, university or not a good university. I'm sorry. That's not what I mean. Not a very good team coming to town. Although they did, um, they did lose to very interestingly named Longwood University out in Farmville, Virginia. Did you, did you know about Longwood, Spencer? I've not heard of this university, no. You've not heard of Longwood? Well, uh, the Longwood Lancers defeated uh, South Carolina State 104 to 77. This team has given up 100 points, one, two, yeah, three times so far this season. Kentucky put up right. 106 on them, Wake Forest put up 105. And Longwood put up 104. I wonder if Texas Tech will put up 103, just to, to round out that those uh, those steps there. But they give up a ton of points. 
Um, I mean, they they gave up 70, that, which is interesting. Like opening night, they played South Carolina. They lost by three. Um, then they lost to Tennessee State the following game, which is just rough. Uh, they gave up 80 points, 80 points, 96, 106, 72, 105, 90, 68 against East Carolina. That was the, one of their wins. Uh, 88, 81, 89, 94. The win against Sanford, they 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 61 points. Long one, 104. So they give up a ton of points, Michael. Yeah, and I, I'm been impressed with Tex production on offense. I think they shot a lot better last week against Houston Christian. I mean, they were almost 60% from the field in the first half and they were 67% in the second half. Um, I mean, if you go 40 of 64 on the day in any game, you should probably win. Um, but I just know that they're not going to get those kinds of shots once they're facing better opposing defenses. So I, I think there has been some progress in there, but I'm, I'm, I'm holding court until big 12 play starts we can really kind of see what these teams can do. Yeah. Well, Big 12 play starts this weekend, Michael. Yeah. Um, but to, to your point uh, about some some shift in the, the the offense, I haven't tracked this for games and how it works out for how good the offense looks versus how many assists. Uh, I just remember this being pointed out on the game or during the game. Texas Heck had 27 assists on 40 made shots. Mm. This was not a solo shooting team. This was a team effort. Um, so there's that, uh, looking ahead to TCU, uh, we, we talked about, or no, sorry, let, let's do the, the updates for rankings really quickly for Texas tech. Ken Palm has you at 33rd, uh, it's a, a few steps up. So even though you did beat a bad team, you beat them in such a way that you actually did move up, uh, your offense and defense all moved up a couple of spots. According to Ken Palm has metrics bumped you up a couple of spots as well. Uh, you saw a much larger positive bump for offensive efficiency and, and defensive efficiency. And then T rank moved you up four spots again, a couple spots up in offense and sorry, four spots in offense two in defense. Um, with South Carolina state uh, on this week, sorry, I just blanked TCU on Saturday. You're on the road. Currently, Ken Palm has Texas Tech at 33rd, TCU at 38th. So it's going to be a close game, or at least uh, if you look at these rankings. With a slight edge going to TCU being they are the home team. Um, Ken Palm has Texas Tech. Uh, we just said it at, what was it? No, no, sorry, has a metrics 45. TCU is at 38. And then for... Um, I'm not looking up the T-rank stuff for, for TCU. Um, anyways, TCU is currently a ranked team at 20th. Uh, you will play them New Year's Eve, Saturday morning, 11 a.m. on ESPNU. Um, we will not be starting our basketball post-game shows just quite yet, being it a uh, holiday of sorts. Michael will also be traveling, um, and then we will be recording coming in hot during the Kansas game uh, will be especially entertaining to, to listen to us record as that game is uh, wrapping up. 
the TCU game is a projected, what's that, three-point loss. And Kansas, the following Tuesday, the third, a about five-point loss. Um, you will be hosting Kansas. So, unfortunately, that that may be the end of your your home win streak. We'll, we'll certainly see. So, Texas Tech has extended that out to 28 games now, stretching back into the 2020 season. <clears throat> Uh, and then we will get our our uh, basketball recording schedule fully underway. Um, but we've got a couple of ranked matchups following the final non-conference game on Tuesday against South Carolina State. So, basketball season's upon us. Obviously, conference season is upon us, Michael. 19 regular season games. Nope, 20 regular season games to go. Two non-conference games because you got the Big 12 SEC Challenge and then your 18 conference games. And then the tournament start, man. Baseball, we're six or seven weeks away from that starting up. Yeah, February is the is it the Shriners Classic in yeah. Houston? Mm-hmm. Little League Baseball is going to be starting up pretty soon. <laughs> Get everybody's uh, favorite update. It starts, um, it starts first. It's probably going to be... Uh, I would imagine the first week of Little League Baseball, there's going to be like another ice storm. Yeah, well, the positive for the Rogers household, uh, even though we are still waiting on a final decision on Grayson, whether or not he wants to play, I assume he's going to say yes, but I don't know. I would be, I'd be a little up, upset if he said no. Um, will not be coaching. We just will not do it. There you go. Year. Not doing it. Decided foot down. Samantha won't let me. Now I'm on record with you guys. <laughs> Michael won't let me. Uh, so... The uh, Little League update will be from Dad in the stands. Um, so. Hanging up the old cleats, huh? Well, at least for this season. with with Because the, the baby's going to be born, like, right as the season's oh, supposed yeah. to be starting. You got to like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll probably not not be coaching again until Hayden gets into sports. And we'll we'll, we'll see if we can get that bruiser in, in, into baseball. Um <laughs> He was throwing a football last night, Michael. This dude's two years old. He was throwing a football across the living room with a spiral like, dude, what is going on? <laughs> um, so we just hope he's 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 got some some mental intelligence because his his physical attributes are developing, right? He's, he's, he's two, right? He's it's fine. He's not as dumb as we say he is, but there there are some definite differences between he and his brother. Uh, at this this point of their developments, <laughs> just put it that way. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, for the, whatever reason, uh, Hayden is a is a physical uh, mature, more mature physically than our oldest. Wow, let's talk. Um, what we learned. Let's wrap <laughs> this up, Michael. Okay. Um, I I'm gonna put you on the spot. There are some questions here give you the 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 space to, to air some grievances if you if you have some uh give us our your favorite tech or just general sports memory from the year since this will be our last uh podcast together for 2022 and then give a a christmas recap so you ready to get to a, what do we learn yes sir let's do it what do we learn palmer i don't know sir i don't know either all right. I knew this was going to happen. Uh, I had I had a couple of grievances to uh, to air, and I'm blanking on where I want to start. 
but non-sports-related grievance, Michael, I don't know if it bugs you as much as it bugs me, and this is something I, I will never get over. When a woman with long, especially artificial nails, taps on something with all four of her fingers with her nails, it's the, it drives me just, I want to, I want to, just like gouge their their eyes out and rip their That's fingernails it. off. I, I can't do it. I can't do it, man. The oh, can't do it. Well, I didn't know that those type of grievances were on the table. Man, you you can take this anywhere you want. If it's a sports grievance, let me hear it. If it's a a personal like, man, my neighbor's grinding my gears because he's whatever. That's fine too. Oh, okay. Well, my neighbors grind my gears because. Um, there are three houses. I'm, okay, I kind of live at where I'm on a corner. And so there are houses that face the street to my east. And then, but my house faces the north and south. So anyway, kind of a conglomeration there. So the dumpster behind us should be for those in my alley. But I know for a fact there are three or four other houses who are across the street who use our dumpster. So the walk it drives me insane. They'll walk their trash out the front of their house. Absolutely. And go into, and I think it's because their gates don't work or they don't know they have a back gate (laughs) or they don't know how, how things work, but there are one, two, three, at least three of the houses. So there's at least seven houses using one dumpster and it's almost always full. And so I've had to buy my own, like, container so I could keep three or four trash bags on my back porch at any given time because they'll just, they don't close the lid. It's usually, and then there's someone's kid who's throwing stuff back there and half their crap's hanging out, but I know whose it is because it's got their address all over it. So I'm always <laughs> tempted to throw it back over their fence. Anyway, uh, dumpster etiquette, very important, but definitely a grievance of mine. Use the dumpster in your alley because what's really frustrating is when our dumpsters get really full, like especially this time of the year because you have the, – the guys aren't coming around as much. You know, they're on break too, and you've got more trash because you've been hosting people and you've got wrapping paper and all this other stuff. So several times I have thrown a bunch of trash in the back of my truck and gone behind these people's houses. Nice. And emptied them into perfectly empty – there's like two trash bags in their dumpsters behind their houses. And so I show up and I just empty all my, it's, it's like, I don't know. I just take it way too personally because they're using my dumpster. So then I'm forced to use theirs. Well, I'm, I'm sure it's it a, gets lot, full. a lot more inconvenient for you to use their, their dumpsters than it is for them to use yours. Oh yeah. I mean, they have like wagons and stuff. They carry like three or four bags of trash at a time in a wagon and they cross the street to do it. And I, I hear them going by and they make like a thing out of it. <laughs> it's just kind of like, come on, guys. Th- th- does does your gate not work? I'll help you fix your gate almost. Just use your dumpster behind your house. Anyway, so that's my probably my biggest grievance. But sports-related, I did have one. Okay. And I, I think I can let it go now. But I jabbed at that three-quarterback thing all season. Uh, you will see all three quarterbacks. We're going to play all oh, three okay. quarterbacks. They're going to be out there. Oh, man. You're just going to, it's going to blow your mind. And I guess I can let it go because 
they effectively figured out a good way to use at least two of the three when they were all healthy, especially getting Smith in there. But that was definitely a grievance all year. I just well, felt like I was being trolled the entire year. I I didn't like how they used Morton as a second quarterback when, when he would come in. Like he'd come in like a like what you would expect Donovan Smith to be in. That tight end or that extra guy. But um for me, though, sports related, Michael, it, it it's not no surprise. Well, there are two sports related. One is Texas Tech specifically, special teams. They they need to get their s together on how to how to take a fair catch, man. <laughs> um, and two, is that, we, is that that's going to be like an eternal grievance? Yeah, I, I, I know you're supposed to like let it go and get over it, but it just won't. The other one is probably the, on the same kind of level, uh, and it's just how how much like wh- whether it's actual or or just perceived, but um influence and bias we get from human referees and umpires or whatever and the the <laughs> influence they have in games it's just mind boggling um because it 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 reminds me uh, of a, of a f- funny tweet our man Travis Hale put out during the world cup he was talking about they had all this technology to track whether or not someone was offsides or not um and and whether or not a goal was scored, but whether or not a ball went out of bounds, just kind of like a generalization, like eh, it could have been out. That's about right. Or if it whether it crossed the the first goal or the first goal, the first down marker. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it did. We yeah, don't like, know. Like fourth and one. <laughs> <laughs> like we we saw so many wacky like spots on balls this year, whether it was Texas Tech related or not. Like there was, uh, there were a, a couple of like high school games. I, I know we're like, we're, 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 we're dropping down the, the quality of, of, of officiating here, but um, actual video evidence of like guys moving the ball post spot or giving a team a touchdown when they didn't come anywhere close to the end zone or uh, just like, if, if you have, if you have video on, on, on a game, like use it for, um, for, for review, like get the call right. Um, I know, I know Rob was talking about in one of his grievances, like using slow motion in, in, in replays and how that's like, if you couldn't see it live, then it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. Or I'm, I'm, I'm mischaracterizing what, what he said, but essentially they, you shouldn't, you shouldn't use slow motion in replays. Um, but I'm like, if you've got it, use it, man, get it right. Um, because we're, we're imperfect in our eyes. Uh, we, we, we talk about how we, we can even remember things just incorrectly. We could have seen the exact same thing from different angles and, and, and interpret it differently. If you've got the, the ability to review something, do it and get it right. Um, anyways, <laughs> officiating, that's just, it will just be something I, I need to learn to get over. Um, especially as I transition to parent in the stands instead of yes coach on the you field gotta, you gotta you, yeah you gotta keep that in a, a delicate balance um i, I want to give a a favorite tech moment and then a favorite sports moment um my favorite tech moment this year michael and this, this is this is notwithstanding the current 
situation regarding the Texas basketball program, but beating the ever living crap out of beard and his teams this year was just so delicious. <laughs> Having him piss and moan and like you turn the people against me and just, just absolutely just bitch about the fans hating him. Like what did you expect, man? And then for all that to be followed up with them, just getting just pounded by tech is beautiful. Yeah, that's that's tough to top. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going to go a slightly different route, and it's going to be kind of weird. But one of my top moments was just how well Bryson Williams played in Lawrence, which yes. which is so random. That Kansas game, he was just unstoppable. He was a force. I should have pulled up the stats before I started just kind of waxing about him, but I think he had thirty something points. Uh, you know, tech just ran out of gas in overtime to it was it was yeah that was a double overtime wasn't it that was just one of those games that really left an impression on me with him and um you, you know what what he can do and and what he did do for tech um i, I he, he was just always sneaky good at and it and o'banner's kind of taken that not the same role but O'Banner's like, he can get the sneakiest twenty-five points that I can that I can recall in a long time, mm-hmm. and it seemed like Williams would do that too. Um, but anyway, I, I think that was something that stuck with me was just that performance so, and just how how well it was. That performance uh, in double overtime put up forty minutes, uh, scored thirty-three points, shot seventy-four percent from the field, four four from three. Um, only had one free throw and made that five rebounds, one assist, one steal. Uh, yeah, 33 points. Yeah. So that that was probably one of the highlights for me. Um, you know, the obvious ones, of course, beating Texas and OU at the same year, you know, coming back and and uh, beating Houston in the way that, that Tech was able to do that, getting to the bowl game. You know, just just having a successful year under McGuire with all of the quarterback injuries and just other injuries in general, kind of the offensive line falling apart at times here and there. It, and not necessarily just because of skill, but because of injuries too, you know, having to shift guys around. Uh, I, I just think that it, that's kind of a abstract highlight, but that's a kind of a highlight for me of the year is just seeing that football team continue to do what they did. Uh, I, I kind of blanking on how baseball did at this point. I probably should mention them in some form or fashion. Another highlight of mine has been seeing, uh, I've been paying a lot more attention to the lady Raiders this year and they're looking pretty good right now. And so I'm, I'm, pretty excited to follow them through conference play as they start going that direction to uh, Bailey Moppin is just really an impressive freshman. And there's so many players on that team that can just rotate, play good defense, make smart passes, uh, make good shots, just really athletic. So uh, I think that's kind of a highlight for me too, is just how well they've played so far. I think they're, 10 and one or something right now. Uh, but I would throw that in there too. And, and just 
the I don't want to I don't want to hype them up too much, but man, they look like they could do something kind of special this year. So I will be watching and hopefully, you know, Moppin sticks around and um, you know, with her just being a freshman, would love to see that. But I know it's not just her, but there there are there are a ton of other players. I, I know Jazz has been really impressive too. I don't know. She doesn't get that many minutes, but it seems like she's just gets a lot of buckets the minutes that she gets too. I mean, she's a she's a force down low. And so uh just a lot of good players. Yeah, I, I it would be difficult to to pick out like a, a favorite just moment in general. Um but like just sports overall, like there's just a good year. I mean it whether or not you're you're a baseball fan, um seeing like two monumental home run milestones hit this year, Albert Pujols hitting 700, uh, Aaron judge with the asterisk or not, or however you want to see it about him hitting 62 in a season. Uh, especially after the news has come out that like the MLB may have been sending juiced balls to New York Yankee games to see the, the record set. Um, the, 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 Olympics were this year, the world cup. I mean, obviously that, that just wrapped up just, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I mean, those are all just huge moments in sports. You know, you've got, uh, you know, the, I was thinking about this, sorry, the, the, the super bowl from, it was like so long ago, like you got the super bowl, um, was was a good game. the The World Series, even though I hate the Astros, was an entertaining series. Um, just you had a lot, just a lot of good good moments, right? Um, so those were some of mine. I know they're kind of like just real high level, but uh, let's let's get to our, our Christmas recap before we uh, we end this. We'll start with food because that's what we always do, Michael. We talk about food. Mm-hmm. Um, I will go in reverse order. Christmas night with the the family dinner with all of the uh, the family here in the area, we we ate just a kind of traditional ham dinner with like all the sides, cream corn, yams, green bean casserole, uh, like four different kinds of rolls, uh, mashed potatoes, dressing, all that kind of stuff. Um, four different kinds of rolls? Well, yeah, it, it wasn't intentional, but like we... we oh, all that kinda, sounds great. Yeah, it was, it was like <laughs> they were like Sister Schubert's and then there were a couple other kinds. Anyway, mm. it's fine. Um, that was good going back Christmas day with just the, just the lunch with our, my family here in the house. I had a, uh, a smoked prime rib from Raider Red Meats. That was just phenomenal. Uh, and when I was looking at doing a, a prime rib, I was looking at the stores, like they were like 60, $65 a piece just for the cut of meat. I was like, it's kind of, it's kind of pricey. And then I was like, well, let's, let's see what it would cost just, just for, for, just for grins to see if uh, what Red Rider Meats would cost me $65. I was like, it's the same whether or not they cook it for me or I have to cook it myself. Yeah, somebody else is cooking that for me. So anyways, it, it comes uh, frozen, but it's already been smoked, uh, ready to go. You just need to basically put it in a pan with a little bit of water uh, in the oven for a couple of hours. And then I did that. I took it out. I rested it for a little bit. Um and then I took my butane torch to it to give it a crust because the way that they have you reheat it, it's there's a little bit of water in the in the, in the pan and then you foil it, right? 
So it's kind of soft, but I was like, nah, we're going to, yeah. we're going to get a crust on this bad boy. So I did that for lunch. Fantastic. And then we had a family get together Christmas Eve night to do like sibling gift exchange and like a white elephant type thing. Um, we had roses catered for that. Oh man. My brother-in-law that just started or that bought a, a roof, roof franchise, roofing franchise. Uh, under the same ownership group as Roses here locally. So they had a connection. It was like, we're just going to get Roses catered. So we had a the big fajita, like there's a, a beef fajita and a chicken fajita catering platter or whatever. It's fantastic. What about you? Their fajita meat. Their fajita meat is just, you can't beat it for the price and for the consistency in my mind. Uh, okay. Really jealous of that because this whole time, I feel like I've, <laughs> my mother-in-law moved here from Florida, grew up in Kentucky. So she's lived in, she's, she's lived in SEC country all her life. And then, so she moves to Lubbock last summer and she just kind of still brings it up and we don't even think about it, but man, y'all eat Mexican food a lot. <laughs> and, and it's, it. It's just not, it's not her thing. It's not her favorite thing. And uh, she really likes whatever Mexican food they had in Kentucky and Florida, apparently, which I don't know what it is, but every time she's tried Mexican here, she hasn't really cared for it that much, but she keeps trying to her credit. So anyway, it's just kind of, so uh, my wife and I will be, we've kind of noticed that like, oh yeah, yeah, I guess we did go. I guess that would be considered Mexican. We did do that like three times this week or two nights in a row or more. So anyway, um, all that to say, I haven't had Mexican food in, in probably like four days and I'm jonesing. Mm. So roses sounded really good. Uh, Christmas Eve, I kept mentioning my five-year-old earlier. She turned six. She turned six on Christmas. Okay. And I've already forgotten, or Christmas Eve. So Well, that was uh, only two days ago, Michael. I know, man. A lot's happened in two days. So I have a six-year-old now, and we went to my mom's house, and she kind of had like a more traditional Thanksgiving or Christmas ham, beans, tons of snacks, um, you know, those little pinwheels. I'm a sucker for those pinwheels. I'll just eat I those. forgot to say about all the snacks we have here, but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Oh, yeah. The snacks were insane. Uh, she always goes way above out, uh, you know, above and beyond. So, um, she had some tamales. She picked up some, some tamales from HEB and had steamed them to heat them up and they were delicious. So great dinner there. And then Christmas day, we did mashed potatoes and green beans. And my wife made these little, I can't even tell you what they were, but they were kind of like pesto croissants with Parmesan cheese. They were excellent. Okay. And then I made, I did the beef tenderloin on the Weber. Oh, nice. And it turned, it turned out even better than last time, I think. And, um, was really delicious. So I had a good, pretty good, pretty good, uh, couple days of eating. Then today it was just, there was just enough leftovers from a, a, a very, a couple of things. So I just, ate really weird all day today. I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow, kind of getting back to a normal thing. Oh, my wife also made like a, a brownie turtle pie. 
Okay. That's I'm Yes. I'm interested. It's it's like it was like Oreo crust. And then the pie itself is almost kind of like a a really gooey brownie. Okay. And then on and then on top of it, because she's allergic to pecans, but not like deathly allergic or anything. She just didn't want pecans in the pie. So she just put some pecans on top and then drizzled like the caramel sauce on top of those. And so the, the trick is, is you get you a piece of that and you put it in the microwave for like 15 or 20 seconds. And then everything's all melty and gooey and it's, mm. it was, it was really good. Okay. And she makes, she made caramels too. She makes her own candy a lot and her caramels were, Ooh, she, she, she got them down. They were so good. <laughs> They've been good every time she's made them, but man, this was her best batch yet. So my mom came uh, and she's staying with us. She brought like 18 different candies and sweets and <laughs> snacks. Um, one of them we, we just talked about on the podcast. Uh, she brought a box of the Collins Street Bakery fruitcake bites, the petites. And we, yes. she brought the, the chocolate covered version of it. So I tried one and I will report to you. It is still fruitcake. <laughs> Regardless <laughs> if it has chocolate or if it's just a single bite, it's just fruitcake. So, um, so not a fan? No, I, no, I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> okay. go for that over anything else she brought, which includes like fudge and these, uh, these ranch slash dill seasoned oyster crackers. If you're going like a savory route or, Oh my goodness. Yeah. All kinds of good stuff. And then there's this box of chocolate covered petites. I was like, nah, I'd pass. You have other good, other good sweets here. Um, all right. Let, ra- wrapping up with interesting gifts, Michael. Um, I know it's not interesting cause it's just cash, but I got cash and enough that I think I'm going to go buy a Blackstone. Hey, that is interesting. I'm, I'm going to get the, uh, not the 36 inch because I would never need something that large with all that space. But there's a 28 inch like pro series, which I think may be like specifically branded and sold to Walmart. But anyways, that version of it, it's got tables on both sides. It's 28 inches, like a little bit smaller. We don't have a huge back patio and it'll get bigger uh, in the spring when we do all of our concrete work and extend all that kind of stuff. But we don't have space for a, a big Blackstone, but there's that. There's that. And then I also yeah. got a, an Arrow Guard, one of those. Um, it is a hydroponic indoor, like, herb garden where you can grow, like, just small batches of specific herbs or whatever. Like, you, you can grow v- vegetables in there if you wanted to. Um, but the seed starters it came with were, it was like, thyme and basil and mint and... So on top of my, you know, my, my weed growing tent that I'll use for, for <laughs> peppers, um, I got a hydroponic herb garden. So, well, I, I think I've got, I think there was some collusion. I got a couple of gift cards for no free ads for outdoor chef, which right. is a great place here in town. So I'm excited to go there, spend some money there. Uh, I got, Top Gun Maverick on Blu-ray. I watched that on Vudu a couple nights ago with my mom who hadn't seen it yet. She was she was uh, thrilled. She loved it. I'm absolutely just yeah, I can't wait. I've I'm gonna set out like a time to where I can 
just watch the whole thing with my headphones blaring as loud as I can. And then uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, my six-year-old, they had this little store up at her elementary school and she took up some money and she bought, uh, she bought presents for her mom and I and her two grandmothers who live here. And we were all dying to see what she got because it was all wrapped when she came back and she wouldn't tell us. She kept the secret this whole time because they nice. did that probably late November. I think it was not long after Thanksgiving that they did that. And so what I got was a magnet that says world's greatest dad. Nice. And so that is going on a metal shelf at the office. Cause I asked her, I was like, well, where do I, where do you want me to put this? And I, that was definitely where I suggested first because I wanted everyone to see it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, I don't want to just put it on the fridge because then it's just us will see it. But if I put it in my office, <laughs> other people will see it. And then when you're 16, I'll point out that you got that for me at one time and you thought I was okay then. Maybe I'm still okay now. You, you, if you think you back. You thought I was the best then. So <laughs> You thought I was the world's greatest dad. And this wasn't even for Father's Day. This was for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Just not even related yeah it was i can't remember what she got um my mom and my wife's mom but uh she got my wife like this little mirror compact which she really enjoys i mean she picked out some pretty good gifts nice so Um, that's that was my interesting one the other things i I wanted to because they're they're in the room here with me we got a so samantha's grandfather sent her a check for the family for gifts so what we ended up doing that we just bought a, like a bunch of family games. Um, so we got we got expansion pack. We got two expansion packs to a game that we really enjoyed. This is pre-COVID, but the game's called Pandemic. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> um, then we got a uh, Bob Ross Happy Little Accidents game, which is like a it's like a whiteboard, like a laminated little card with a scribble on it. And then what you do, it's a it's a it's a game where you you take the card or the scribble and then you make it into a, a picture of some, of some kind. Right. So, you Oh take man, I, I used line. to actually do that. Yeah. So it's just like that. It's the premise of this game. Um, so those are a couple of good ones. We got like a, what do you mean family edition? Uh, Cause we, we got a, what do you mean office edition that Samantha and I really loved, but Grayson couldn't play with us cause he just doesn't understand the references, but the family edition, he may be up to, more up to speed on that. And then we got a, a Bluey game for the little one because he's all about Bluey. Oh, that's good. Like he'll watch one yeah. episode of Bluey in the morning while he's eating his breakfast. He's like, okay, no more Bluey. <laughs> I'm ready for something else. Yeah. Anyways. Yep. Well, I hope uh, I hope everybody else's Christmas and holidays were, were as, as well enjoyed as ours were. Uh, certainly appreciate everyone hanging out with us, the 23 Personnel Podcast for year number five, Michael. Uh, season number five in the in the books. As we come to the conclusion of 2022, we will have a post-game instant reaction for the bowl game uh, on Wednesday night. And then we'll come back at you in the new year, get you ready to go with all kinds of basketball, baseball, uh, hopefully some new exciting news to share with you then. But again, hope everybody's holidays were great. Hope you guys stay safe for New Year's. Really appreciate you guys hanging with us. So... That'll do it for us in the 23 Personnel Podcast. 
For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.